Hi and welcome to The Practice Gap, the podcast for closing the gap between the practice you have and the one that you want. I'm Elizabeth, a chiropractor, a business owner, coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you move from frustration and overwhelm to clarity, focus and joy in practice. Hi, I live Harloff from Oslo, Norway. Welcome back to the studio. Thank you very much. I want to congratulate you (laughs) on winning the prestigious award, Chiropractor of the Year in Norway this year. Thank you very much. I forgot to do that on the last (laughs) podcast, so I'm just like, let's do that, start with that. I know that you have some superpowers. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't know that. I know. What, what are your superpowers? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, I've heard, uh, I've heard that you have several. I heard that you are a doer, that you get stuff done. And to be a doer, you need to be able to focus. So I would guess that one of your superpower is to focus. And the third thing that I've heard that you are really good at, it's patient communication. That is one of the things our audience really would love to hear more about. So I'm thinking to devote this podcast to patient communication. Oh, that's interesting. Does that sound okay for you? Yes, very good. <laughs> I love it a lot. I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm, if you ask the people around me, if focus is my uh, is my best point. I'm uh, I'm a bit all over the place, but I think I can focus. And when I focus, I do it good. <laughs> <laughs> and I can put a lot of energy into uh, to things and get things done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have uh, a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> You need to have uh, a lot of balls in the air to pick that one that it's really important that you want to spend time yeah. on. And if you have no balls in there, nothing really happens. Yeah. So, so I, throw, I throw them all up. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Projects are good. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if when you have a new chiropractor or an intern in your office, when you start talking about patient communication, what's your starting point? Where do you, what do you start to teach them or like where what where do you start? I think it depends on the person, but a lot of the times they don't have the security about what they're uh, going to say and how they're going to perform. And so I try to say, well, how would you communicate to your mother or your sister or your brother or your best friend? How would you communicate what you're doing and uh, what they need of treatment if they had a and then they, I think they start to relax a little bit and say, okay, I would say this and this and this. And that makes it easier for them to be honest, which I think is one of the most important things, uh, how to communicate in an easy way. There is also two different, and like you have the verbal communication and you talked a little bit about touch in the last episode and the communication you do with your hands. The nonverbal communication, could you talk a little bit about the difference between the verbal and the nonverbal Yes. According to science, nonverbal communication, it's much, much larger than the verbal communication. I think it's about 80%, is it? Or yeah, something I think like it's, that? It's, it's huge. And particularly also when we use our hands, I think it's even bigger sometimes. So I think it's important to, to really know who you are communicating. So when you're in the office, like we talked about, if you're stressed, if you're angry or if you're uh, afraid, that's going to go through both verbally and non-verbally. 
for most chiropractors uh, and all physicians and, um, and the medical doctors, it's really important to know who you are, uh, who you are communicating, what you are communicating. I've done a lot of mindfulness work. One of the important things in mindfulness is to be non-judgmental. So I try to do that with my patients too. Some patients have a lot of bad conscience because they don't train or they don't do any athletics. They, they um, Maybe they don't sleep enough, they don't eat well enough. And it's not uh, up to me to judge them there and then because they know it already. Uh, so I, I don't need to confront them with that. So I think being a good person and seeing them for who they are and trying not to judge them is a good way of starting to make a good relation with your patient. How can mindfulness help you in that uh, the non-judgment um, and to see the other people? Basically, we judge people all the time, and I do all the time. But you need to be aware when you do it and accept that you do it so you don't do it unconsciously. Mindfulness work is basically being conscious of the unconscious. So you have to start to be to know yourself that if you go into the room, you are a bit stressed. It's better if you know you're stressed, if you try not to be stressed, because mm-hmm. if you try not to be stressed, you're going to be more stressed. <laughs> uh, so I think if you know that today I'm stressed because of this and this, then your head and your body are agree and it's easier to sort of and you can even tell your patients, you know, it's I've had a bad day today or whatever. I think it's important to know where you're coming from to be able to communicate good with your patient. If you're new to mindfulness, what can you do to to start a mindfulness practice as a chiropractor what are good what's a good starting point i think some of the mindfulness courses both online or physically uh, of course physically physical courses it's even better i did a mindfulness course in sweden was like eight to ten days we were meditating like eight to ten hours every day wow (laughs) think about that only physicians only chiropractors uh, physiotherapists and uh, doctors and psychiatrists that was a that was a crazy experience and that gave me a really boost into the mindfulness world. I'm but so it, sorry I missed that. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually with John Kabat-Zinn, who is the sort of, let's call him the founder of mindfulness in the Western world. Uh, that was many, many years ago. There is also an app called Headspace, which I use and I know a lot of other people use, which is really good. And I think you can you can take like five minutes breaks or 10 or 20 and, yeah, and you can get courses in there. And that's a good way of starting if you just want to do it at home. Are there courses you've taken on more than non-verbal part of the communication? It must be mindfulness. And I, I did, I, for a while, I was really experimental. I did a lot of network chiropractic, which in some way is maybe more into the sort of energetic work. Are there communication courses you've taken? No, I think most of them have been with, with the uh, Norwegian Chiropractic Association. There is uh, several good uh, speaks we've had there over the years. You mentioned earlier when I talked to you before this podcast about NLP. Is that yeah. something you use? Uh, could you talk a little bit about what NLP is and if you use that in your practice? I, I was uh, with uh, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I heard about him. I've been a couple of uh, times with him in uh, in these uh, big events he's got, and he's using a lot of NLP. Did you, did you go to London and go on the <laughs> burning the firework? Coal? Firework, yeah, yeah. Done, done it twice. I did too. That was <laughs> that was that was something. <laughs> the first time was a bit of a breakthrough for me, and that was fun. That was like ten, twelve hours of uh, rock concert with NLP and uh, all kind of stuff. <laughs> He really uh, is a fascinating guy. and um, I actually still use some of the stuff I learned. I think I was 20 years ago I went there. Yeah. It was, I thought it was like, quite amazing. And I st- still use some of the techniques we learned I do there. Too. 
I think a lot of chiropractors, at least back in the old days, a lot of people did those courses. That was sort yeah. of the, the part of the chiropractic story to go on his courses. Neurolinguistic programming. I don't remember too much of the of the story there, but it's basically that our language, both physically and non-verbally, can affect uh, both ourselves and the people we are talking to or relating to, and using that as a as a coaching coaching tool for ourselves and for for others. When I uh, really early in my career, one of a chiropractor told me a good trick, and that uh, it's good for <laughs> for younger um, practitioners. If you ha- if you put, take your spine, and you are supposed to uh, like, oh, here's the joint, this moves like this, uh, and you try to use your spine as the thing, uh, the prop to show the person what you're trying to do, <laughs> and the patient just looks at you and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't look at the spine yeah. just put the spine down yeah. use something else and then you also take the spine up and then it, usually if you have an engineer they're so interested like their eyes are just on the spine they don't see me anymore mm. so it's it's a good way of just try to at least some tools to where to start try to explain what you do to the patient do you have any tricks that you've uh, uh, consciously or unconsciously used in your clinic when you're trying to explain to the patient what you are trying to achieve um, with your treatment I probably have but I don't have like scheduled program for how I do it I think my philosophy is to try to do whatever comes when it comes so mm-hmm. so when uh, I talk to somebody I try not to go with my gut feeling how because like you say people are completely different so what I say to somebody can be scareful as hell as uh, for somebody else it could be the best thing you say in the world so I think I try to go with the flow and and, and uh, see how I feel best is the best to communicate with that person. So I'm not into scripting or anything like that. Uh, I think it's good maybe for younger chiropractors to have make sure they say everything. And, uh, and but I think it also puts you in a position where you maybe communicate not from your heart or from your gut feeling of how you should communicate with that person. So I think I say a lot of different stuff to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, maybe something will feel crazy to say to somebody, yeah. but I say, but to somebody else, it, it makes sense, like you say. It, but you, but yeah. just language you use there, like when communicate with your heart or your gut, then you're already in your language telling me as a listener that you are using much more sense, uh, senses in your body and you're being aware of how you also communicated with uh, your Uh, body or your non-communication non-verbal communication so those are uh, really nice pictures so thank you for those thank you i think the for the patient to feel really seen is very important and then you have to be the whole of you needs to see the other person and they really need to feel it as well Mm. a lot of people are afraid to go to car practice And uh, I often ask them, are you afraid of treatment? Yeah, I'm a little bit afraid. And you need, you need to sort of address that and uh, not hammer loose on the C1 at the first treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so so focus on the person and try to be mindful where they are, how they breathe, what they may be thinking, like to have the full focus on the person who's there. Yeah, and also at yourself, because mm-hmm. if you are aware, then you become aware of they being aware. What's, ah, what's going so on? Start with yourself first. Yes, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's sometimes the hard part when you come That five minutes late for the treatment <laughs> and yeah. you're sort of you're stressed out and you sort of. I remember sometimes we we made like promised ourselves that before you take a patient in, you take a few f- deep breaths and you sort of reset yourself in a way and. Uh, So I have this. I have one thing which I sometimes do. If I have a difficult patient coming in, and sometimes you uh, think, ah, oh, he's co- he or she is coming today. What I'm going to do? And I try to picture myself blank papers, like. Mm-hmm. 
anything could happen anything could be you know uh, i don't have any judgment whatever is going to happen is going to happen and a lot of the times suddenly they say something that changes the whole thing or you say something or sort of you need to you need to space out and just start all over again in a way and uh, and see what what happens and blank your mind out because we're so preset that it's going to be difficult and then it becomes difficult so uh, what you say is what's going to happen so. uh, i had um we had in the clinic we had a coach talk to us uh, a couple of years ago and she used the term that we leak when we feel like we we just leak everything we think about it just leaks and it's i thought also that's a nice kind of metaphor in that ways to think about we often think that we are so good at hiding what our thoughts uh, but we leak yeah. <laughs> and i mean you when you meet somebody <laughs> they leak <laughs> if you if you work with people i mean it's like you, you know that uh, they're unhappy they don't have to say it. they can smile and like yeah. i'm like you're not happy you're still yeah. not happy and uh, our patients know that and we know that so uh, to be uh, conscious about that it's a good, good starting point definitely i talk a lot about stress with patients and sleep and all kind of other things i think it's important that we see the whole person and their whole sort of life how do you talk about stress i just ask them how 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 your stress levels are they more than normal less than normal i try not to sort of pick into too much and i i I say like is it work stress or home stress because Mm -hmm. it's easy for them to say like home stress that's that's okay Ah, but you don't want to say you have trouble with your husband or your that's a good one (laughs) home stress or uh, work stress (laughs) and sometimes when you start to sort of ask a few questions then they suddenly and and if you're not judgmental and you know sort of if you're in a good space then they open up and they sometimes if they trust you they will tell you more or less everything they don't trust you they don't tell you anything yeah So you need to give them trust and you need to be trustful. How can we cultivate uh, trust as a partic- practitioner? Yeah, I think, again, you need to you need to know where you come from. You know, need to who you are in the room so they can feel that you can, that they can trust you. And you have to uh, show it with your hands when you're touching them. Of course, make sure that you don't, that you say to them that if you have any secrets that's staying in the room, confidentiality and things like that. But I, I think fe- people feel it when they, when they can open up and they, uh, they feel comfortable or sort of, Uh, in a way that they can they can tell you something that maybe they don't tell too many other people mm. and it can create a safe space for the patient yeah, definitely yeah. Mm. Mm. and something happens when you touch people because uh, a lot of people they're not touched that much yeah so yeah. then yeah, you get you can feel you feel them in a different way and usually you see them in the, the face also definitely. with the muscles mm. it's like how are you doing today it's like oh you're not having a great day or you can see that they have a headache you can you yeah yeah the being aware part I think a lot of chiropractors like ourselves have been working for many years. We we can sense a lot of what's going on. And if we use it, then we can uh, use it for the right thing. And we should use it, I think, just to, mm-hmm. we don't need to pick on things, but we can say, how are you really doing today? Or suddenly they say, you know, my, my dog died yesterday or whatever. And then you can uh, act thereupon and maybe be be more gentle. <laughs> yeah. And also I think there's, there's a, probably a point in the career in the beginning you have this need to talk and talk and explain mm. and and after a while you just becomes a better better listener and you talk less and you have much more efficient <laughs> visits uh, or the appointments yeah i think a lot of us like me from bergen like like to talk a lot but i think we need to stop talking as well like you say and just listen and listen and listen and listen very important tool to to be able to get them to open up is to just shut up and uh, and listen <laughs> listen and practice non-judgment yeah and to be mindful about your own your own self and your own mm. uh, what you are your problems what are you pulling into the the room yeah. so and also maybe not be 
even like if I'm trying now to um, sum up a little bit what I've learned today, to not be judgmental and also not be preset in where the conversation goes, to go and see the person, especially the people that you have issues with, (laughs) (laughs) to go in with a blank uh, sheet of paper and to see just, okay, let's see where this goes today and let's just meet you where you are today. Yeah, yeah. That's some sum it up. I think also, um, if we can talk a little bit more about Mm. empowerment, to give people power of their own health and and their own life. Because I think a lot of the times when they come to a practitioner or, you know, you're you're like overweight or you don't exercise and you sort of you push them down. We need to Mm. lift them up. And I think the language is very important to lift people up and you're saying, but you work, you're walking to work every day. That's a lot of exercise, you know, you get like 20,000 steps a day and you, you, you need to try to lift people up and give them hope. I think a lot of chiropractors are good at saying, you know, we're going to fix this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do my best to help you. And people need hope. So I think uh, chiropractic also is about seeing what really works and trying to emphasize what works and uh, grow from there and not just see the problem and try to dig them down in the problem because the people have enough problems from before. So they don't need more, more of that. They need more empowerment of what they can really do and uh, what they can uh, do together with us. Hope is one of... Uh the biggest uh, thing I think of what we do. Mm. So many of our patients that have been maybe seen uh, by other practitioners who have given up and that's the saddest when they come it's like this guy he gave up on me. Yeah. And just to see, like just uh, to be in a position where it's like oh I'm the one people give up it's terrible. Mm. And we need to give I, I said to patients I'm never going to give you up. <gasps> if I can fix you I'll find somebody who can. Yeah. <laughs> And that also creates trust that you say that, well, if I can't do it, I know my mm. limits. I'm going to, but I'm, I, will, I know people, I will mm. uh, find somebody for you. Yeah, I think that's really important. What else? What else can you give to those uh, new practitioners who are burning to help people, uh, but they're kind of stuck on where, <laughs> how to become better? Uh, chiropractic works really well, and uh, but they have too high expectations. So they think that like two treatments are going to do the job. And if somebody else has had trouble for like five years, how can you fix that in two treatments? <laughs> <laughs> One trick I learned from somebody is to ask the patient, how, th- how long do you think this is going to take? And uh, if a patient says, you know, I've had it for five years, probably going to take half a year. Then you can rest your shoulders there. We have <laughs> half a year for this. <laughs> or three months or whatever, you know. It's like, uh, but we put, we some, sometimes have too high expectations of what we can expect because chiropractic works that well. But we can't do like magic every time. So I, I also say to the interns that, you know, how would you treat your mother? How would you treat your father or yourself? If you got some kind of trouble, how often do you want treatment? And of course, sometimes I want treatment every day. I mean, some of the best athletes have treatment twice a day. Why shouldn't we offer that to the normal public? If you have a, I have some um, people working, um, administrators or what do you call CEOs and stuff. And they say, you know, I, I, I have to work. I have to be able to do this. And da, da, da. so I come to you every day for two weeks now, because if not, uh, my body's not working. I cannot run my company. And so, uh, and that's not not bad at all you know that's that's the right thing for them to do maybe you can't adjust them hard on c1 every time but you can you guide them i think a lot of the times we chiropractors are uh, health coaches we are definitely the profession that i have i have the highest education in how to talk to people about pain and musculoskeletal neural uh, neural problems uh, we know what to say to people who are going to have a long drive who have back pain or shoulder pain we know how to people how much they should exercise we know how they should sleep we know much more than anybody else 
So people need advice and people need treatment and, and hope. So I think that they have to be secure enough to, to ask them how much treatment do you think you need and try to put down a plan according to how much they, time and money they want to put into it. But uh, there's nothing wrong in seeing somebody uh, every day for, for a while at least. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of younger practitioners they're kind of scared of doing that, that like they want the time in between, and when you're in pain yourself, it's like you just want yeah. to g- get that pain away so you can start living your life. Yeah, and then, um, I think maybe being less scared about giving the options, like okay, mm. <laughs> we can see you tomorrow if you mm. want, and we can see you Wednesday mm. and Thursday, and maybe you'll have a better weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you need something uh, really bad, then you, you do it. Yeah. And uh, like some athletes, we treat them twice a day. That's no problem, you know, because they're going to have a competition on Saturday. You need to see them like every every day. And why shouldn't somebody else, who, somebody like a mother who's got a small baby, she needs to function for that baby. Why shouldn't you see her every day to make sure that she can take care of her baby? It's uh, it's the same kind of problem. It's just that uh, it's not on television. That's it's a super good advice, and I think it's very important for the younger chiropractors who really own that and, and try it and yeah. just see how much yeah. more happy an acute patient is when you actually care them about them i think they, they they're afraid of that it costs a lot of money mm. uh, maybe because they, they they don't have the wouldn't have had the same possibility themselves and uh, but a lot of people have enough money to then they spend a lot of money on different stuff that uh, doesn't matter so uh, <laughs> yeah it's more important to put your money in the, in the health instead of uh, an expensive bag or uh, traveling to somewhere else <laughs> and also to turn around to see like uh, what an interesting question would be to ask okay how, how much you, would you pay to get rid of your problem yeah <laughs> that could be interesting i think a lot of people <laughs> at the worst day they would pay a lot i think so too so you paid twenty thousand kroner to get your car out of service uh, <laughs> yesterday can you pay the same for your back <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, what a young chiropractor could do to become a better communicator. Make sure they listen to their patients. And I think also to sit in with other chiropractors, they probably can feel it's a little bit boring because we're doing the same mm-hmm. thing all over again. But I think they need to see the communication skills of people that have been working for a long time, be aware of what they're saying. And I think if they sit in for long enough, they're going to start to create their own habit of saying some of, maybe not the same thing, but the, th- the things they like and they can they can put into their own practice. So I need to, I think they need don't need to be afraid to observe a lot, feel the energy in the room, what's going on, how do they speak to the patients, how does the patient react and all these kind of things. I think that's important. I think that's less of that now than mm. before in chiropractic yeah. college. I see that they have less time in clinic. They have less tutors that have been out for many years. I was lucky. We had a lot of old Palmer grads in our college, which we could like, they have been out in practice for 30 years. They were like really, really good mentors for us. So I think you need to be sure to um, to listen up. And that takes me back to when we were students. We were always like, okay, so who are you going to visit this summer to be in practice? And we, we went uh, around to visit chiropractors and just sat in uh, as mm. we were students. And it was a little boring at sometimes, yeah. but you, you did get a feel of different practices and I think also as an intern or also the first few years in practice it's even more important to to go and observe because then you have 
then you kind of know where your point, pain points are and where you're struggling in a different way than when you're a student. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, observe a lot. I think that's a good um, conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good conclusion. Observe a lot. <laughs> Talk less. Listen more. Observe yourself. Observe your patients. <laughs> observe how you think and how you act. And be honest. And be honest. Be honest to you, yourself and your patients. Yeah. And uh, that's, that get, goes a long way. If you try to copy somebody else's uh, script that doesn't yeah. work I think I think you need to be honest with what you think is right there and then be honest and uh, be yourself and focus yeah. that's I think it. they have enough knowledge from before I mean knowledge yeah. and science is always important but we think we can lean on that and, and we have to lean on that but I think people coming out of college they have like the, the newest knowledge and they know uh, yeah, sometimes even too much <laughs> yeah and that could also be a problem well Thank you so much, Eilif. It's Thank been you. wonderful to talk uh, with you today. I've learned a lot and um, on this um, amazing topic that patient communication is. We're always learning and we're always developing. That's the fun part of being a chiropractor. Thank you for inviting me. Thank I'm honored. Thank you so much. I think we might be uh, so lucky to have you back next week.